All right. It is really good to see all of you here this morning. There's several folks I haven't seen in a little while. It's good to see you. Uh, a couple of folks I haven't seen before. I hope to meet you uh, before you get out of here today. Um, we are going to dive into the book of John again. If you want to go ahead and find John chapter 1 in your Bibles. That's where we're going to be again this Sunday. Now, if you're here last week, I explained to you why John wrote this book, the book of John. It's his biography of Jesus. He tells us later in the book that he wrote it for two reasons. He had two hopes in mind. He hoped that his readers would read it and would believe in Jesus, and that by believing in Jesus that they would experience life. Belief and life. That's the invitation for you this morning. To believe more deeply if you've already decided that Jesus is who he claimed to be. If you have not yet decided to believe maybe for the first time. Both ways you will experience deeper and greater life than you've ever known before. So last week we read why one should believe in Jesus in the first couple of verses of John. Because he is God. He's eternal. He was the conduit of creation. And he's among the Trinity. That's why we should believe. Today, we're going to learn what we gain when we believe in Jesus. So we're just going to cover two verses this week. Now I need to, um, well, I'll point this out later. So I'll go ahead and tell you my main point in case I lose any of you and you doze off or anything like that. Surely not. We gain many things when we believe in Jesus, but the two that John is focused on right now that we're going to focus on this morning is life and light. When one believes in Jesus Christ, he gains light and life. Apart from belief in Jesus Christ, there is death and darkness. Okay? And this is not just cliche Christian niceties for Christmas time. This is Vitally important for you, even if you've been in church your whole life, this is vitally important for you. And for those who may not know Christ, it's vitally important. This is this life and light that we're going to talk about in a few moments. This is what we are craving. When when we get consumed with um, when we get consumed with our temptations and our own mistakes and sins or our uh, emotions getting the better of us, this life in Christ is what we're craving. When we are isolated from each other and from God, when we are um, hidden, hiding our true selves from others due to shame or guilt or regret, this light is what we are craving. Okay, so I don't want you to turn off your minds thinking that this is just a nice Christmas sentimental talk. This is life for us. Even if you've been a Christian for a long time, we need this. Okay, so I want to pray for us. And then we'll read our two verses together, and we'll just spend a little time meditating on them together. So let's pray together before we begin. Father, please, in the name of Jesus, open our eyes to any and all death and darkness in our lives and awaken inside of us a desperate desire for the life and light that Jesus offers. 
please help us to believe in him in such a way that we receive life and light. Amen. We're only going to read two verses, so I'll just remain seated for this one. We're going to read John chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Now, I encourage you to follow along in your Bible so you see this or on the PowerPoint. John 1, verses 4 and 5 says this. In him, meaning Jesus, in him was life. And the life that, I'm sorry, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now that's pretty poetic, and it sounds deep. But what does it mean? What life, what light, what does it mean for life to be in someone? What does it mean for that life to be light of men? It's, it's not a very straightforward couple of verses. We know that there is life located in Jesus from these two verses. We know that this life is light-like in reference to men or mankind. But what does it actually, what does this life mean? I I just don't want this to be vague or unclear. I want it to be as concrete as possible. So uh, I'm going to draw your attention away from the book of John into the book of Ephesians, which I think will explain this a little bit better for us. Listen to how Paul in Ephesians 2 verses 1 through 3 describes human nature apart from Jesus. Okay? Just listen as I read. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. That was a a mouthful. We're going to dissect it a bit. But the big idea is the Bible's portrait of mankind apart from Christ, how we were born, our natural way of living, is really, really bleak. It describes it as death. Famous um, preacher from the past, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, said, You cannot slander human nature. It is, worth, it is worse than words can paint it. Apart from real life, practical trust in Jesus, we wade through life up to our knees in sin, our own sin and sins against us. We flow along with whatever culture says is important, whatever culture puts in front of us pretty blindly, not knowing that it's the devil himself that is directing our paths. Our fleshly passions and bodily desires rule our lives. What our bodies feel like is what we obey. Think sexual immorality, think lust of any kind, think worshiping other things over and above God, the one true God. Think uh, dark curiosities into the occult or witchcraft or just dark things. Um, Think jealousy, hatred, Fits of anger, rivalry, 
division, envy. These are the works of the flesh that describe this deathly life that we live apart from Jesus Christ. That is who we are as humans, apart from some resuscitating work done by God. Maybe you've noticed lately uh, pop culture's fascination with zombies. Has anybody noticed that zombies are everywhere? They are on TV, movies. I looked it up. I did a little research on zombies. There were over a dozen zombie movies released in the last couple years. There's an incredibly popular TV show on now on some cable station, I think, Walking Dead. Anybody watch it? I'm not going to yell at you. Okay, a couple. Just a couple. I forget we don't, you guys don't watch TV or movies. Well, there's an actor named Brad Pitt. You probably never heard of him, but he has a big zombie movie coming out soon, World War Z. Maybe you've heard of that. Um, they made one this year called Abraham Lincoln Zombie Hunter. I'm not sure it was historically accurate. Did you know about zombie walks? This is a real thing. It's kind of like a flash mob. Do you know about flash mobs? This is where you'll be like at a mall and all of a sudden one person will stand up and start singing really well. And then all these other folks that you thought were just shoppers will stand up and they'll all start singing this beautiful song that they've been working on. And it's really neat. Zombie walks are kind of like flash mobs, except instead of people standing up and singing, people will just show up. They've orchestrated many, many people to show up, costumed like zombies, and then they just walk through the streets to freak people out. This really happens. They had one in Mexico City recently, and they had 10,000 zombies doing a zombie walk. It's crazy, and I'm not, I'm not trying to bash the zombie uh, craze or anything. Um, but I wonder if we love zombies this much because maybe we relate to them in some sense, maybe subconsciously. And I know this is far-fetched. You can toss this out of your mind, but it, maybe we relate to this whole idea of mindlessly following our bodily urges because that's basically how the Bible describes us before Christ comes in and awakens true life in us. We are, in a sense, animated corpses according to the Bible. No matter how clean and neat we make ourselves appear, apart from Christ, we are the walking dead, if the Bible is true. Just like everybody else, we shuffle along, zombie-like in our blind obedience to what our urges, our innate desires tell us to do. So, you didn't think we were going to talk about zombies during... Advent, did you? The birth that we celebrate at Christmas is not about quaint sentimentality. It is about God reaching into the grave into which we were born and yanking out those who will believe into life. There is no life down here apart from vital, real belief and trust in Jesus. Just walking death. This new life that is in Jesus, it is characterized by love and joy and peace 
patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's living. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, newly born through Jesus Christ, living that way. So how does one access this life in Jesus? Well, I went through, I didn't only research zombies for this sermon. I read through the entire book of John, and I put parentheses around every mention of life or living or death or dead. Okay? Several things stood out after I did that, but one stood out above all the rest. And that is that this life in Christ is completely connected to belief. Belief is almost always mentioned in the same breath as this life that Paul talks, uh, John talks about so much. I'm so used to saying Paul. It's like my tongue's muscle memory says it. Belief is the key to accessing this life. There is no access to this life aside from belief in Jesus. Now we talked about last week, Jesus' belief is not Santa belief. It is not trying to conjure up an emotional uh, feeling about Jesus. It is seeing him for who he is and transferring your weight of trust onto him. Entrusting your life to him. For your security as being saved and forgiven. And as your Lord for knowing how to live. This kind of belief is the only way to access this kind of life in Jesus. Now, this is for non-Christians who need to make that first transferal of belief onto Jesus. But it's also for us Christians. Because I know many of us Christians still experience a lot of walking death in our lives. That's why you need to hear this over and over again to remind you, don't trust in yourself, don't trust in other gods, believe in Jesus, trust in Jesus. This life is in him. So I want to read to you a couple of representative passages that indicate this truth, that belief is the key to life in Jesus. This is from uh, chapter 3, verses uh, 15, 16, and 18. It says, Whoever believes in Jesus may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Chapter 5, verses 24 and 25. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. One more. This is chapter 7, verse 38. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow living waters. So if you, and there are many, many others, If you feel like your life is more characterized by spiritual death than it is spiritual life, that it's more characterized by slavery to your your fleshly desires, your emotions, 
uh, the whims of your flesh, then it is characterized by love, freedom from yourself, peace, and joy? The answer is only found in Jesus Christ. And you can only access that through belief and trusting yourself to him. So I just invite you, I'll just close the cell right now. Believe. Believe in Jesus. Don't, don't just celebrate Jesus, believe in him. Don't just set up a manger scene with a baby Jesus. Believe in him, trust in him. Follow him as your Lord. I'm desperate for all of us to do this as your pastor. Don't just come to church. Believe in Jesus. Because we receive life in Jesus. We also receive light. These verses say, back in John chapter 1, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. We know that this light is connected to the life that we find in Jesus, and we know that it shines into the darkness and overcomes the darkness. But what, what is this? What does this mean? How does this light work in our lives? It's an abstract concept. Um, I don't want you to walk out of here with a confused abstract concept. I want you to walk out with something clear. So, again, as I read through John, I also put parentheses around every place I saw him mention light or darkness. And here's what I came up with. The two things that stood out the most, this light that we receive in Christ, it has to do with seeing and it has to do with being seen. It has to do with our eyes being opened in some way and also has to do with us being revealed and exposed in some way. So seeing and being seen. So you'll know if you're accessing this spiritual life in Jesus, if you are seeing in a certain new way, and if you are open to being seen in a certain new way. All right? So when you believe in Jesus, you pass from life to death, and in the process, something happens to your eyes, and something happens to your arms that they're no longer trying to cover yourself from being seen. All right? Let me read you a couple verses to show you that I'm not just coming up with this out of my head. Uh, Chapter 3, verse 3 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, Chapter 12, 44 through 46 says, And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. And then there's a really fascinating one that I'm not, I'm not preaching this passage this morning, so I'm not going to go into it too deep. But in chapter 9, when he heals a blind man, it's really interesting to see how he talks to the blind man and to the religious people who were angry about it in reference to this whole idea of light. Afterwards, he says to the blind man, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the blind, newly healed blind man says, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. The blind man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see. 
Now, he wasn't just talking about physically blind people. His main crusade was not to heal poor vision physically, but spiritually blind people. See, this death I described earlier is characterized by this darkness where you just can't see. You just don't know what's true and what's real. It's like stumbling through a dark room. The life in Jesus is characterized by light and clarity about spiritual matters. It's about seeing the kingdom of God. It's about seeing God for who he is. It's about seeing Jesus for who he is. It's about seeing other people for who they are created in God's image in need of a savior. You'll know that you're accessing this life in Jesus if that sort of seeing becomes more prevalent. So all these passages through the book of John and um, constant, almost subliminal references to seeing. Many people in the book of John tell each other, come and see. They're talking about mundane things often, but why does John include all these references to seeing? All of this indicates that this is a vitally important part of what it means to have this life in Jesus. As C.S. Lewis says, this is one of my favorite quotes. I've shared it with you so many times. C.S. Lewis was a really, really smart man who became a Christian. And he said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. The life that we have in Jesus is characterized like a sunrise by being able to see everything else more clearly, more truly than we ever did before. But this light also involves being seen. It involves seeing and being seen. Chapter 3, 19 through 21 says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. So the life that we have in Jesus, it it enlightens us so we can see, but it also exposes us so that we can be seen. Uh, It heals our blindness and it also uncovers our hiding. Jesus offers both clarity and transparency. I think one of the most tragic things about Christmas each year is that so many people decorate with lights all around their house. It's a season of lights. You go to McCaddenville to see the lights. We've got lights all through here, yet they remain shrouded in darkness, hidden from God and hidden from each other. Concealing, carrying around secrets and shame and guilt. They don't want to come into the light because they don't want to be seen for who they really are. This has been going on since the beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned, one of the first things they did was they covered themselves up. Ashamed. See, Jesus came, the new Adam, so that we could be freed from that shame and guilt. So that you can be you, newly born in Jesus Christ, exposed to God, willing for him to convict you of sin, and willing to respond by confessing and crying out to him to help you repent. 
willing to confess your sins to the people you've sinned against and ask them to forgive you. Walking in the light like Jesus is in the light. Now here's the, this is the important thing to note. You cannot experience the life that is in Jesus Christ while you're in the dark. You who are harboring unconfessed secret sin, you will not experience the life that is in Jesus Christ until you come out of the dark and reveal that to your Lord and to those you sinned against. It's impossible. So I invite you. I invite you to believe in Jesus and I invite you to come out into the light. Now this doesn't mean you need to stand up right here and just shout your sin to everybody in the congregation. But you certainly don't need to go into this Christmas season trying to celebrate Jesus while ignoring the very thing that he came to bring us, which is freedom from having to conceal these things. Maybe this is one of the reasons why Halloween is growing in popularity and almost ready to eclipse Christmas in America because Halloween is a holiday of darkness and disguise. It celebrates it. Whereas Christmas is a holiday of light. I don't know. That's another thing you can forget when you walk out of here. That's just from my head. But Light and life are found in Jesus. John wrote his biography of Jesus so that we would believe in Jesus and in him in believing receive life. And this life is characterized by light. May we all believe in this way this Christmas. May we all experience this life that is in Jesus and this light. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that when we were dead in our trespasses and sins that you reached down here in the person of Jesus and grabbed us and brought us out of it. Lord, let us who are Christians live and walk in the light. Let us experience life this Christmas, regardless of circumstances. And anyone in here who has not believed in Jesus, make that happen in their hearts right now. Show everyone with crystal clarity what their next step is, to believe more deeply, to live more vibrantly, to see more clearly, and to be seen. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.